I can't get any of the cues from Emma, by the way, so you're gonna, uh, I'll have to rely on you. Yeah, we're recording now. Okay. Yeah. How are you doing? Um, I'm all right. I don't believe you. Look, it's eight days into Good Beer Week, and mm. I'm struggling. Okay. What's What sort of cold opening should we uh, roll we out? Could we do some hot puns? Hot, uh, no, because that's one we've done. Uh, I, I, uh, there's a movie called The Raid 2. Oh, we could do the fake action movie podcast intro. Mm. Gag about. Is that? No, 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 that's another one we've already. <sighs> we How could pretend we just... that we had something controversial and that our producer censored us. Oh, yeah. Don't bring that up again. It makes me irritated. Oh, we did that already. Yeah, exactly. Um, why don't we just, Let's just get into it? Go into it. Hey Dave, good morning. How are you going? Um, relatively very well, I guess. Because hmm. um, yeah, I think you mentioned that you were weren't doing too well. No, I'm struggling. With and Emma me. worked out a pretty good formula for why that might be. It was a lunch of brisket, uh, a lot of beers, and then Huxter Burger, and a lot more beers. Yeah, so that's probably a natural uh, way to react to that. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. Um, I'm the anomaly. I had the same thing, and I'm doing I'm, all right. I'm pretty fragile uh, in general. <laughs> Delicate. Um, should we welcome our guest? Yeah, we've got a guest in the studio. Glenn Humphreys, uh, beer blogger from beerwithyourfriend.com, is it? Dot .org. Dot .org. How did you get a dot .org? I just bought one. Ah, okay. <laughs> Apparently they're not yeah. um, a dangerous thing to have anymore. You can get orgs. Yeah, all right. Whatever you want now. Hmm, maybe we should get ourselves a dot .org one day. I could go with a dot .org. Yeah. And also Illawarra Mercury journalist. Journalist, yep. Um, do, you, do, do you write some beer stuff and other general journalism stuff? Is uh, that... Mainly general journalism, transport and infrastructure, but uh, I write a beer column every Saturday and any other beer story I can convince my editor to let me write. Hmm, cool. And are you, is your editor letting you write more and more? Or? Yeah. It's, you gotta, as long as you've got a, a news angle to it, yep. they'll let you do it rather than just... Just crap on about some beer you like that the readership isn't going to care about. So yeah, yeah. That's what I do on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, as we as we said in our cold opening, it's eight days into Good Beer Week. People have. I'm not what? even sure if that's right. So that's probably how far into Good Beer Week it really is. I don't know anymore. I'm pretty sure it's eight days. I, yeah, because it started last Friday. It's, sad, it's the second Saturday, Saturday yeah. whatever that means. Yeah. So and people are pointing out that it's probably not so much of a Good Beer Week. If it goes for nine days, what do you call it then? Good be a week, snappy, I guess. Yeah. How's yeah. your one gone, Dave? Great. Hmm. What a time to be alive. Yeah. Not now. I mean, we're not doing that well right now, but um, <laughs> uh, yeah, overall, it's been really good. Yeah, it's been pretty fun. I want to talk about the beer. So, okay, let's jump. Let's in. just do the little. Uh, we'll preface this. We found out that uh, Glenn, our guest, had never tried Rodenbach before. None of them. Not yeah. cans, bottles, nothing. Yeah, so we thought, I mean, we didn't really need our arms twisted to have some <laughs> Rodenbach on the show, so we thought we'd uh, 
get going and yeah. Home, so I'm we've just a opened. Uh, a we have a little wine. on. Where is it down there? There you there go. go. The um, Rodenbach Original in the red cans. Uh, Flanders red. Oh, uh, pe- I'm, I'm assuming people know it, but if you don't, um, yeah, it's kind of the the quintessential Flanders style Belgian beer. Sour, um, tart. I guess it's probably a better description. Just round and smooth, and it makes me happy. It does make me happy, and it's ten o'clock in the morning, and I was feeling pretty unwell. And this really has a couple of sips of this, and I'm a little bit perkier. Yeah, okay, not gonna lie. enough. Glenn, what are your uh, thoughts on it? Well, I, I really didn't even know the style or anything. I just knew it was Rodenbach, and it was one of those beers you have to have. But I like the. I was expecting to be a bit more sour, so it's mm. actually quite refreshing and. Mm. Easy drinking, and it makes sense having it in cans too, because that was, I thought, a sour beer in cans seemed to be a bit of a an unusual mix. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is just one of those beers that I can have any time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's I'm, just, yeah, it's, I mean, it's what, 10 o'clock in the morning, and it still sort of makes sense to have this particular beer. Hmm. I've heard it's supposed to be really do really well with fish and chips. Yes, apparently it's supposed yeah. to be a good match. It's, um, who came up with that? Uh, John Agaluska. Yeah, in, New Zealand. Uh, yeah, and boy was he right. I still haven't done it. The reason I actually have these cans on hand to bring in was last time we went to get fish and chips, we couldn't find any Rodenbach on the shelves, <sighs> so we had to like settle for something. And then I was next time I was in a bottle store and a bottle store and saw it. I just grabbed a four-pack and said, right, we'll have Rodenbach on hand next time we're in such a sticky situation. I think he's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know your life is going okay when that's considered a sticky situation. <laughs> yeah. um, I, think, I think Jono's actual specific match was the Grand Cru with chips. If, was it right? I don't Maybe I'm making a mistake, but either way, both of them work really, really well. Mm. It's sort of the saltiness of the chips and sort of the stuff like that cuts through really nicely. Mm. Mm. I'm really enjoying this right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we were uh, in Belgium and Emma was unwell, she said the moment that she was feeling, the moment she had a Leafman's Old Brune, which is a similar kind of beer, she was feeling a lot better. Um, that beer turned her holiday round. So wow, that's quite a claim. Okay. M- maybe if you're uh, sitting here feeling unwell, grab yourself a, a Flanders-style beer and you'll... Uh, she said it's like a Yakult. Yeah. Uh, Pro- maybe, probiotic. Maybe we're the getting in dangerous territory. Recommend this is pasteurized, though, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how many of the yeah, bugs that make this tart are still alive. Probably not. The whole point of pasteurizing is to kill them. Mm. But you heard it here first. It's a tonic. Mm-hmm. So if you're not well, this will make you better. Yep. Um, any highlights from Good Beer Week, Dave? Uh, not really. No, it's a joke. It's been a pretty good week. What, have we talked on air about what we've done so far? I don't think so. No? All right. Well, why don't we start from the beginning? Do we want to run through everything? It could be a bit of a... Boring. Highlights. All right. It's got to be View to Mind, right? Yeah, View to Mind was pretty, spe- pretty spectacular. That was... Um, uh, and our producer just said the beer in a teacup might have been a highlight. I was working, so I don't know. <laughs> it was a highlight. Um, yeah, everyone knows what the View to Mind event was. Do we need to get into that detail? Yeah, Brooklyn versus two, 10 metres by tractor. 10 minutes by tractor. Yeah, not metres. Um, you, you wouldn't require a tractor, I wouldn't have thought, if you had 10 <laughs> metres. 
Um, Tiny tractor. Mm. Uh, the think the surprising thing about that one was everyone raved about the wine yeah. afterwards. Um, beer still won. It was a you know vote for the favourite pairing, which I'm not a sure if I if I'm a fan of. Would you prefer the total votes? I just would prefer we enjoyed drinking and eating and and uh, agreed that it was fun. Yeah, it was a beer versus wine dinner, though. I mean. But, like... Someone has to lose. Yeah, it certainly wasn't us on the day. Um, <laughs> I'm all about the spirit of drinking and eating <laughs> rather than... <laughs> everyone should get I don't think Martin from uh, 10 Minutes by Tractor went away down and no. dejected because he lost. I think he uh, well, got a lot out of it. I think a lot of people here yeah, were saying, I'm going to go buy some of his wine now. Um, without doubt, in October, when that Blanc de Blanc comes out, I'll be getting some of that because mm. that was delicious. Mm. The Chardonnay at the end, the 2004, 2004 Chardonnay, oh. with with cheese and sort of uh, jams and chutneys and preserves and that mm. sort of stuff was delicious. It was a treat. And um, the uh, 2013 Pinot that we had with the uh, the beef, uh, I can't remember what the, was it the Cuvée Noir that we had? Oh, I can't remember. Whatever, that, but that Pinot was really good though. Yeah, the, and the Brooklyn beers um, were all the ghost bottles. Uh, not not all, all of them, bottles, but, but yeah. it's mostly ghost bottles, which are the ones that they brew for their sort of brew pub, I think. Yeah, um, and then they have it as like a brewmaster's reserve that they have on tap at a couple of their venues, and then some and of the they brewers put some in barrels where they just store them differently, and then yeah. have little small releases. And well, I don't think they, they don't actually they actually just have it as their own. Per, like the brewers have it as their own personal stash. So and Garrett it, mentioned that. He'd brought across some of his personal stash to so they, share with us. He normally, I think they only take them, uh, bring them out at, at um, events, tasting right, events. Okay. So, you know, a handful of times a year. Um, I feel really bad for not trying it at Gab's yesterday. Oh, was there a ghost bottle at Gab's? There was. I did a couple of other of the Brooklyn ones, but didn't do that one. Oh. Look, to be honest, I didn't find any of them. Outstanding, as exciting as yeah. yeah, as they. Okay, I feel better now. Yeah, okay. You know, it's that kind of thing. Like, yeah, it's exciting to try it, but I'd still prefer. Yeah, there's just like standalone beers. They weren't like spectacular, mm. but they matched really, really well with the food. Though that was yeah, some of the pairings were so good. Yeah, and all the dishes were tasty as well. They were. Yeah, it was a very tasty day. Um, it was a good day, and Garrett's in such a character. Yeah, entertaining. He's just. Got unlimited passion about all things artisanal. Mm. Did you hear him talking about his hat? I did hear him talking about his hat. Yeah, like he got just a someone comments like just complimented his hat, and he told us a five minute story about how he the, the woman that made the hat and how if he dropped it and got run over by a bus he could get it re- uh, repaired for free and we heard all about the hat. Mm. Was that early in the night or towards the end? No, it was the uh, first thing. Yeah. Oh, okay, so yeah, it wasn't no, like just, a drunken rant. No, 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 he just, couldn't, he just couldn't wait. He couldn't wait till someone asked the question. I, yeah. I bet you that that's an oft-told story. Oh, no doubt about it. Um, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, also, I'll bring it up because that would be a little bit of nepotism if you did, but the beer in a teacup event was really, really good. The story that I, I've been telling all week about that event um, was the lady that turned up and was surprised that it was a beer event. 
Unbelievable. Um, it was called Beer in a Teacup. It was during Good Beer Week. Yeah, if you read the synopsis of the event, you would probably know exactly what was going to happen. Was it a pleasant surprise for her? Or uh, no, she no. was unhappy. She was. She thought it was beer or tea, and she'd driven her car there, so she didn't want the beer, and she couldn't have it because she was driving. And considering the third course was uh, a tea-infused mar- Armagnac martini with a 9% beer, anyone driving was... Yeah, it was, it was a stupid move to drive yeah. to a beer event. And she was just unhappy for the rest of the night. I think, yeah, I think because night. she sort of lost a bit of face early, she just was in a dirty mood for the rest <laughs> of the night. And they really accommodated her and uh, pretty much gave her any, with every course, any tea she wanted to drink separately. So she was still. She still got what she expected. Yeah. Um, but she just was not in a good mood the rest of the night. Yeah. Um, and I had to sit, not next to her, but close to next to her, and that was. And Emilia said, who doesn't like Russian caravan? Yeah, she had a problem with the Russian caravan, too. Anyway, um, uh, same similar thing happened at the Storm in a Teacup, the place, when they had a tea leaf reading um, a couple of weeks ago. And a lady came in and she said, oh, I don't really like tea. Can I just have a coffee? <laughs> You're a tea what leaf you, reading. You're <laughs> what are you going to a tea leaf reading for? Um, can you... I can't remember, and you'll know more than I me, uh, but that... Russian caravan cocktail. Cocktail. So that take was, us through that because that was delicious. We had a um, rush, frozen Russian caravan tea ball. So you know that kind of fancy uh, big ball of ice that you know all the rage in the trendy cocktail bars. Is it? I, I wouldn't know. know. Okay. It's, felt like something would be. Yeah. Okay. Um, There's a lot of port in there. Um, so you add some port to that. Add some, I think, some other sort of distilled wine. Or um, dessert wine, and then I can't remember the other ingredient. Some. I like wish what, I hadn't asked you for more. No, this is, this is terrible. Okay, some lemon, and then we finished it off with some Beastie um, Boys X or X, which is their ten percent imperial smoked beer. So you end up with this really boozy, sweet cocktail with a smoky finish um, that you just kind of you kind of notice. Yeah, but it sort of evolves because the more that the ice ball melts, the more you get that um, the Russian caravan, which was mm. pretty fun. Mm. That was a good way to finish. And what was that passion, um, paired with? I can't remember. As uh, a plum stewed. Oh yeah, that's right. That's um, really good. And port with some ricotta and some mint. And the yeah. chef, when he was uh, um, lit, walking out after serving that dish, said, "Ricotta, plums, and mint." What is this, the 70s? <laughs> and he's like, unhappy. I'm like, well, you made it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was really good, and they put on a good event, and um, it was something a bit outside the norm of most uh, Good Beer Week events, so mm. that was a pretty fun option. And Gabs, yesterday, we were there all day. Uh, Glenn, you were there as well. How, what, are your thoughts? what are your thoughts on Gabs? Um, I sort of I really enjoy it. I think I this year didn't take the FOMO approach and get worried about trying everything. So I just did some paddles in the first session. And the second one, I just went back and just got the glass filled up, found a quiet spot and just sat and drank and enjoyed it rather than um, just trying these little tasters of everything that just blur together after a while. And mm, yeah, sure it's do. only really the loud things that stand out. Yeah, there's, uh, I guess, got glasses of beer all day. I think I might have got a couple of tasters of like the eleven percent black barley wine. Yeah, you don't want three hundred mils of that. <laughs> no, um, but they're only doing half serves, which is good. But um, the and I'm glad I'm glad I did get glasses because I was just kind of wandering up to the bar and I did not read the beer list 
at all before I went in. And I just kind of choose a random bar because everything's separated into different sections. And I would go, well, I'll get that one. I've got three tokens. That's three tokens. Um, And through that, I tried the Kawinda rice lager, which in a paddle would just be bland and terrible. But in a glass with a a burger, it was delicious. I enjoyed that. I had that as a taster, but foolishly put it at number four. So I'd had three dark beers and then that one and got overwhelmed a bit, but you could still see it was just nice and refreshing and warm summer afternoon. That would just be fantastic. Mm, mm. And, uh, yeah, that beer will... I, we hardly anyone that will remember that beer that's doing paddles. So hopefully people recognised it like, like you did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Any, I'd hope so. Any standouts for me? Yeah. Oh, mate, mate. That's still water. She'll be right. Uh, Brett Hoppy Cezanne was, mm. ticked all my boxes. You made me spend my last three tokens on that one, on that record. I think I made a lot of, I think I forced a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, to yeah. We, I was uh, ranting pretty hard on that yeah. one. Did, did you enjoy it? I th- I was saying earlier, I think I did because it was the last thing, that, the last beer I had before the closing bell. So it just sort of, your memory's not quite a hundred percent. You can just remember, <laughs> I like this. Yeah. I don't really understand yeah. why, but I liked it. Your palate's probably not in tip-top condition at that stage of the night, anyway. So no. Um, no, but I really enjoyed that. Hmm. Um, I sort of had different levels of Brett on the palate, and it was fun, and it was kind of hoppy and. Hmm. I really enjoyed that. What else was fun? I think you liked the Prickly Moses. Whoa, cask. yeah. That cask. Uh, what was the style? Uh, but it was sort of... Oh, was that their, their Brett fermented That's right. IPA uh, on cask? Was it a, I don't think it was an IPA. Uh, I'm thinking Saison again. Yeah, I think it might have been a Saison, a yeah. breaded Saison, and it was just tasty. Just like a perfect beer for a cask. I had a taste, and I don't remember it that well, so I want to... It was a positive reaction, I do recall, but um, that was I was really pretty nice. drunk at that point, so most things were pretty yeah, positive. Yeah, I don't think I was having it in peak <laughs> condition either, so... But I was really enjoying that, so I had it forced upon me by uh, Stefan from the Tap House, so obviously he... Knew it might have been up my alley. So, no, that was good. But what a day. We sort of recorded during the first session and were tucked away up in the wings, setting up our microphones and gears. And the first session, I only had sort of four or five just glasses and had a few chats to some people. And it was just, uh, it was a really cool way of spending the afternoon. So, in the second session, I went and had some tasters so I could have some of the bigger ABV because I didn't want to get glasses of those. Um, <laughs> And, yeah, I reckon I might go to the afternoon session today and just swan around a little bit with a few glasses, trying a few different things. So I, I was think thinking of doing some sacheting around a few, oh, interested in, yeah, okay. instead of swanning. Okay. Um, now, I've just been trying to find... Uh, I, I don't get any data in here for some reason. Okay. But, uh, there was a sour beer that I had that was delicious, and it was a brewery that I'd sort of only kind of vaguely aware of. Was it Burbeck's? Maybe oh, this Burbeck's? is going to be terrible listening yeah, to Yeah, this is why I was trying to look about, it up. Okay. Then, yeah. um, I'll put it in the show notes, maybe, and people can learn the mysteries. Go to my website. Yeah, of what that mystery this. sour beer was. It's not um, the Anne J, the other half of the PB and J. No, no, I didn't, I didn't even try them. I had a taste of those. Yeah, I had a taste of the, and no, I had a taste of the PB, and um, yeah, it does what it says in the label. Yeah, I think, yeah, I... You tell me a peanut butter beer, I've got some very negative images of it, but yeah. you drink it, and it, it tastes like peanut butter, mm. but it's drinkable as well. Um, I also had a little sip of someone's uh, mix of the two, 
which was the intended purpose and probably didn't enjoy that quite as yeah, much. Yeah, I don't think the so. mix worked, but uh, for me, the Ann J was my pick of the of the Gabsby's there. Oh, yeah? Oh, cool. Maybe that, I'll have to seek that one out. And... I would have picked Warhead, but that wasn't one of the, the oh, festival and they, beers. And but... people were like really, really going through Warhead at a fierce rate, so... By the time I got around to going and getting one, they were only doing half, half glasses yeah. of that, so that's irritating. That was the very first beer I had when I got there yesterday because it's, it's been like beer. yeah, my white whale for two years. What did you think? I, well, it, I don't think it was ever going to live up to my expectations <laughs> yeah. because I built yeah. it up, but I always <laughs> say that's my fault. That's not the beer's fault. Yeah. The beer itself is just really nice and refreshing, and I went back to get a second one later in the night, but... That was only the half-served yeah, night, right. so I went, oh, if I had gone there earlier. And I know um, Darren from 250 Beers in uh, Brisbane, you could just see him checking in Warhead after Warhead. <laughs> <laughs> you only get three in 20 minutes. That's great. Um, and now I have managed to confirm the, the beer. Go on. Uh, it's from Burbex. Yes. Uh, who, who are they? I don't know. Are they South Australian? I would yeah, have yeah, said yep. South Australian, yeah. Oh, it's here. Um, yeah, it was a, a, a slightly sour. It was Really, actually, really sour. Um, probably the best sour beer that I had there. I think I tasted that at the end of the night when we were at the stage where a few people had paddles and we were all having tiny sips to try and get as many as we could in before the end of the night. Uh, <laughs> and I remember liking it, but I mm. don't remember it at all. So maybe that's when I'll revisit. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah, yes. we just uh, producers told us that there was a beer that replaced the scratching that they had. So I yeah. think they had like a pretty big IPA. I was like, <laughs> definitely wrong. But a different beer on offer and replaced it with this sour. It's impossible. They, their beer just went sour and they and they just pretended. It. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, it was pretty tasty. See, uh, this is delicious. No, this is horrible unless it's yeah. a lambic and then it's delicious. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing that always does my head in with sours is that if it's intentional. It's a good thing, but if it's unintentional, it's a bad thing, mm. and it's the same thing. Yep. <laughs> uh, you, can, you can kind of tell um, a little blind tasting and, and a couple of the beers that weren't supposed to be sour were quite sour, and we didn't know either way. And you can kind of tell when it's a mistake rather than an intentional because it really stands out. Well, that should be the skill of using it intentionally, I think, is yep. having it so it's a complement to the other flavours rather mm. than... The light. <laughs> mm. I say one other thing I liked about Gabs this year compared to last year is it just also the layout. There just seemed to be a lot more space, and if the bars were sort of turning over a lot faster. Mm. You know, I'd gone to this this second session for the first time, and I was told it was going to be really busy, and there were a lot of people there, but you didn't see like you were queuing up. You didn't feel like you were rushed. You didn't feel like you were elbowing people out of mm. the way. It's just I don't know what if whether they've changed something, but it just felt better. It did. It, I don't think I've been to a better festival anywhere. Yeah, it's turning into a really um, like well-oiled machine. And those minstrels, awesome. Track working with, they did. <laughs> I've never heard someone do a cover of Hall & Oates' Maneater, and it just sounds seriously good. I um, It grew. <laughs> uh, while we were in line waiting to go in, they sort of entertained the crowd, and then uh, they played... It's not important what they played, but uh, they said, and later on we'll be doing K-San, and everyone sort of laughed and just chuckled. But then come by t- about 10 o'clock that night, they busted out K-San, and it was recognisable. It was only like a, a tuba, a trumpet, and a guy playing drums. drums yeah. And, um, yeah, they did some pretty pretty good var- variations of stuff. Those, those guys have a, a 
they're there every year, I think. Yeah. They? Well, I don't know if it's them, but there's a similar. They've got a very sort of goof, group. goofy shtick, which I want to dislike, but it's kind of fun. Yeah, they, they, they do. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the food stalls as well mm-hmm. um, were, were great, I thought, and they were getting food out like Huckster Burger. They were, you know, cooking the patties. They weren't cooking the order. They were just cooking them. So you go up and order one, and they give you a burger straight away. Yeah. This was great. I think, uh, yeah, less than a minute it took to get served. That's that's pretty handy. Mm. Yeah, I had the was the barbecue, the pulled pork. I can't yeah. remember what the Fancy Hanks. Fancy yep, Hanks, That's yeah. the one, yeah. And I was expecting to wait a few minutes, but a sort of 30-second chat to the guy, and there's my food, and sort of hits the spot. Yeah. So when you're there and you want it, you've probably waited a bit too long to go get something to eat, yeah. so you're really hungry. So you want it fast, and it comes fast. It was pretty delicious food there, yeah. Yeah. Um, anything else about Gab's? Could be a week. Um, anyone try the ice cream at Gab's? Uh, I went to that guy's event during the week, um, and it was delicious, but... Uh, we went in thinking we were going to get a couple of things of gelato. It cost 20 bucks, and it turned out to be a five-course gelato extravaganza, um, which was just too much. Like, like, we probably didn't have to eat it all, but, you know, one or two serves of gelato is fine. Five and a little bit of beer with each one is... Just... That seems like a ridiculous thing to do, like five courses yeah. of gelato. Um, and, you know, we, we went in thinking that we were going to um, do that and go get a burger or something. And then we got that one. I can't eat for the rest of the day. And then we went and had a cheese tasting afterwards. Um, God, that's horrible. a lot of dairy. Yeah, yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah. Um, some really bad choices this week, food-wise. Because I was going to get the ice cream. I had last three t- tickets before going last night. Walked up to the counter and went, "Oh, it's four tokens. I've only got three. I'll have to have a beer." Yeah. So I went off and had the still water as the, the final. Water. Um, yeah, no, there was some good ones. He did a Lindemann's Creek gelato with some coconut in there. It was really yummy. Mm. Very good. I think he's going to do try and do corporate events and stuff. I'm not sure what his name is, but okay. um, that's what he's trying to do. So it's not really a plug, but just... Well, I'll put it in the show it. notes. Our producer is... It's Cryo Creams? Is that the name? Cryo Creams. Cryo Creams. It's vaguely sci-fi yeah. name. Yep. Cool. Now, so if you're having a corporate event and you want beer gelato, cryo creams. The other thing we did that's probably worth chatting about is the uh, Mornington Brew Day. Yes. That was a good day. It was a good day. Yeah. Um, so that was Stillwater. Um, Brian, Brian from yeah. Stillwater and Mornington Brewers uh, doing a combined farmhouse-style pepperberry ale. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, uh, and AJ was a good host. I mean... Uh, have you been down to Mornington, Glenn? Uh, no, just uh, basically Melbourne area is yeah, where I've okay, been. Yeah, okay, fair enough. So at Mornington, it's like perfectly set up for a brew day event because they sort of have the front section where you have pizzas and beers and that sort of stuff. But then around the brew house, you can go upstairs and they have like a raised... Uh, Entry? Walkway? Yeah, pretty much like a... What would you it's call like it? an upstairs bar. It's like an upstairs bar, but it pretty yeah. much is the perimeter of the brew house. So you can just go up there and watch all the goings on of the actual brew while it's in progress and have a bit of a sample here and there. And hmm. AG sort of brought around the, the pepperberries that are going to be used and gave us an impression of what they might add to the beer. And it was good chatting to him. Hmm. And Ollie, was it Ollie the dog? Ollie the dog, won a lot of fans mm-hmm. running around doing dog stuff. Mm hmm. 
can't go wrong with that. Yeah, exactly. That's um, a good day. Cool. Well, maybe we'll come back, um, take a short break, maybe top up our beers. Might be Grand Crew time. Could be Grand Crew time. And, um, yeah, we'll have a bit of more of a chat to clean. Cool. 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 Okay, welcome back, everyone. We have just topped up with our second Rodenbuck of the day. All Rodenbuck, all day is the theme of this podcast. Mm-hmm. And this is the Rodenbuck Grand Crew. How often at 10.48 in the AM would you be on your second Rodenbuck of the day? That's good beer week. Now nine or ten times. Like <laughs> yeah. Um. Maybe if you haven't gone to bed the night before, you might be, but not yeah. going to bed and waking up. <laughs> Very true. What a treat that is as well. Yep. Yeah, so this is the, the kind of quintessential Rodenbach. This is the one. Um, there they do the vintage series, and they do a couple of other sort of limited release ones. Uh, Van de Cereal is one that's quite hard to find, but apparently amazing. I've never tried it. Um, but the, the vintages in this are pretty spectacular themselves. Just super tasty. Um, yeah. It's definitely a beer that I am always happy to be drinking. Mm-hmm. I can see why people rave about it. Yep, it lives up to to the expectations. Yeah, it's still it's just it's nice and fresh. You can sort of taste it as a step up from the the canned one we mm-hmm. had earlier as well. Mm. It's a little bit sourer. It's got that just it feels so good to drink. It's light, easy, mm-hmm. um, almost on every menu in Belgium as well. So. Like if you what a place to go! If you're, you know, you're at a roadside cafe kind of a thing, they'll have this still. <laughs> well, if it's on every menu, is that the one that the locals don't drink because it's so? <laughs> you can get it everywhere. No, the locals seem to drink everything. <laughs> um, so we've got Glenn uh, in the studio, and we thought we would uh, have a bit of a discussion about just how he came to be. In the studio might probably be the, uh, <laughs> uh, and you know, being a journalist and, and sort of a, a be a blogger and um, yeah, how that all came about. So I guess, how did you get into to beer? Uh, I guess the the first sort of notice I had was at uni in the, oh, I'll show my age here, late eighties when I was going through Wollongong Uni. The uni bar had um, what were called boutique beers at the time, so. This is when you know, Redback when it first came out, and it was the la- it wasn't a label; it was actually etched onto the bottle. Mm. Uh, Chuck Hahn had Sydney Bitter, which I don't even think exists anymore. And you had other things like San Miguel and Grolsch were big deals mm. at the time. So I would just I went and drank my way around the world. It had like the ten beers, so I just tried those, and it sort of sparked the idea that there was some flavour there. And I guess many years later, I got sort of hardcore. Um, when I became a journalist, the wine writer was getting sent beer every now and again, and he gave me, it was a Cascade First Harvest about three years ago, I think, and he said, do you want to review this? And I went, sure, it's free beer, I'll take it. <laughs> so I wrote the review and then just asked him, did you want a, a, a weekly beer column? And he went, no, that sounds like a good idea. So then I just sent out blanket emails to all the brewers I could find online to sort of send me beer, send me beer, and some of them actually did. Hmm. And that sort of really started my um, education. I can remember 
Ben from Bridge Road sent me a huge box of stuff, and at the time there's things like uh, the Dunkelweizen and things mm-hmm. like that that I'd never heard of. I had no idea what it was. I'm going, wow, it tastes like chocolate and bananas. Wow. <laughs> and you just sort of just taught, taught myself from there. And so you started a blog? How long have you had that going? I actually just checked the anniversary will be June 10, because that's two years. Oh, great. Oh, cool. I've been told 18 months is like that tipping point with a blog where if people give up after 18 months, so I've passed that, that hurdle. <laughs> Very good. Um, and you sort of, yeah, when your, when your blog came up, um, I think you gained readers pretty quickly. Um, and you sort of, maybe a different approach to most, it's not just reviews, you have other things. Yeah, I'd actually, I try to steer clear of doing straight reviews because I don't like to read them. I actually mm. find 300 words on what a beer tastes like is actually quite dry and dull because I can just go out and buy the beer and paste it for myself. Mm. And I really struggle to find descriptors other than malty or fruit salad or you know hoppy, that sort of thing. So it gets that out of it the way for me as well. Mm. And I just like, I guess, telling a story or trying to tell something that's more about the, than just what it tastes like. Mm. You know, maybe that the effort you went to to find that beer or the, the moment you enjoyed that beer, because I think it's it's about, always about more than just the beer. Mm. Like Rodenbach now is going to be connected to Saturday morning, not feeling that well, <laughs> perks you up. So Yeah, always keep it on hand. Forget no <laughs> um, you... Barocca. <laughs> <laughs> maybe dump a Barocca in this and see what happens. <laughs> it's the ultimate hangover blending um, one thing that I, I like to, to talk about almost tongue in cheek is the craft beer bubble that, that we get stuck in um, not the you know wind beer going to burst and breweries are going to fold everywhere but the fact that we exist in this world where we just think everyone loves good beer yeah, we and read each other's beer. blogs look yeah. at each other's <laughs> tweets listen to it yeah um, you live in Illawarra um, which is and about an hour south of Sydney. Yep. yep. And it's probably pretty far from, say, you know, central Melbourne, um, where we are now. What's the sort of the craft beer bubble like there? Is is it growing or is it...? Uh, it's getting bigger. Uh, for a long time, it was probably the Illawarra Brewing Company and their previous incarnation as Five Islands Brewery was pretty much all there was. But in the last year or two, there's more bars opening up that are serving good beer and doing beer dinners uh, there's a place called Three Chimneys, which is a bar, bakery, and cafe, which opened up late last year, and they've got ten taps. And for you know a place like Wollongong, somewhere that has ten taps, and it's not you know VB two E's, and one James Squire as the token tasty beer, is a sort of really quite a big deal. Hmm. And you've got obviously down the road there's Hop Dog, which is an hour south, and they're both Hop Dog and Illawarra are sort of starting to win medals and starting to gain. Uh, I guess traction and identification within within the area, so that's mm. really good as well. Having a local brewery is uh, a great way to drive it because people can go in and see mm-hmm. the brewery and meet the guy behind it and and drink the beers as they're supposed to be consumed, rather than running the risk of people not taking care of it or mm. things we've mentioned in the past. So, if you sort of got into drinking tasty beers at uni in the late eighties, what did you? do between the sort of gap between that and uh, well I, I guess I just liked beer but didn't sort of go have that sort of 
the obs- I guess the obsessiveness to know about it that mm-hmm. I do now. And I went through probably a phase more of being a wine drinker. Um, it was actually wine that got me back to beer in the end because um, my wife and I would go touring on holidays and you'd go through wine regions and sample all the stuff and she was broadening her horizons and like that. And then she found um, Marlboro Sauv Blanc and would always get that and I would always be like, oh, I want something different. I don't want that same cut grass and passion fruit over and over and over. So that's when we go to the bottle shop. She'd buy a bottle and I'd go and get a few a few different beers to try those because I could have three different flavours mm. and it just sort of starts the the, you know, the brain whirring. So yeah, well, I think that here. sort of pursuit for different uh, and unique flavours is what drives a lot of people. And so to this day, I think I've had one bottle of wine in two years now. Um, do you think eventually you'll start drifting back to, to trying more wine or you got like sort of a lot of people sort of have that you know, you drink a whole lot of beers and then you go, oh, actually, I'm kind of enjoying wine now. And I'm seeing a lot of people almost drift between the two a lot more. I don't know. I had, was it a, a brewery for lunch with my wife and she had, uh, it was actually a Semsav because she's stepped a bit further than just a straight Marlborough now. And I just drank, she asked me to take a sip and I took it and just stained it really sweet to me. Mm. And she doesn't like sweet stuff. So I just thought that must be my palate maybe is irreverably irrecoverably fixed that I can't go back and try wine because beer has just changed it that much. Mm. Any favourite beers that you've had on your, your recent journey? Um, I like the, um, obviously, the, the And Jay from Thirsty Crow mm. uh, and Warhead, obviously. I had the um, Bacchus Brewings, I think it's called Apple Pie at um, Brother Burger, the Queensland Pine of Origin. That was... You know, again, that's exactly what it says on the yeah. label. It tastes like apple strudel. Yeah. And We've discussed those guys a couple of times, and it's kind of it's hard to judge those beers because it just tastes like it says on the label. might not be a good thing uh, in all, all cases. Yeah, I mean, it is hard to judge because, I mean, it's exactly what it states it's going to be, but I don't know if I would like that. that yeah. Much. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to give them points for, you know, you wanted to try and make this, you've gone out and done that, mm-hmm. and you've, you've done it well. Same mm. thing with their, their Rocky Road beer at yeah, that's It's Rocky that, Road. Yeah, that's <laughs> obscene. Because that's like a, like a symphony of more flavours than they normally, <laughs> like normally they knock one on the head and you go, yeah, that's, that's a lamington. But when you have like a bit of marshmallow in there, a bit of chocolate, a bit nut. Of chocolate nut, yeah, that was <laughs> pretty, pretty ridiculous. Um, but it's something that not a lot of people venture into with the backer stuff, but something that always catches my eye is they're like, their basic stylistic beers are really good. Hmm. So, I don't think I've ever really tried one. Yeah, well, that's the, exactly. When you see them, you go for the weird and wonderful. But, um, yeah, they're really good. The Queensland Pale Ale. If you ever see that around, get involved with that because it's a good pale. I think my... It's not a beer favourite from my trip, but it's a food favourite. The um, the cheese steaks at Catfish. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The Catfish pop up bar has um, been a good little base for everyone, I think. Um, and Just down the road from the exhibition building, yeah. Yep. It's uh, pretty serious there. <laughs> <laughs> and what um, beers overall um, do you like? What's your, you know, do you have a, a beer that you always put ahead of everything else? or? Um, when people have asked me what's my favourite beer, I always joke and say the next one. Um, but 
uh, some of my faves would be the Findemond from um, oh, yeah. Unibrew. Hmm. Which we don't get here anymore. I found that there was a place in a suburb in Wollongong that somehow had a small stash of them, so I bought a number and then sort of kept it quiet for a while, then foolishly tweeted about it, and then they just sort of went. But I've still got one of those Findemonds at home, and it's those sort of thing where I want to drink it, but once I drink it, it's gone, it's gone forever. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know how long it'll last before it turns. It's a beautifully apt beer to be worried about drinking the last <laughs> <Yeah>. one. <Yeah. laughs> um, so that must be three or four years old now, right? If Probably was, would be, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Probably be pretty, still good. pretty good, yeah. yeah. How did and you get into journalism in the first place? Um, I basically did had, and was in year 11 at school, had no idea what I was going to do, except for maybe thinking about doing law, but wasn't anywhere near smart enough to get into law school. And I just did work experience as a, a journalist at a local newspaper for a week and just something clicked. Oh, cool. And I went, this is what I want to do. And just sort of went through four years of uni and then kept badgering the local paper afterwards to give me a job. And I think they just went, oh, we'll give, we'll give me a job. He'll shut up and leave us alone. So, <laughs> so you mentioned that you since. do transport and infrastructure now. What have you um, covered? Uh, um, the- uh, before that, I've been... I'd done sub-editing, I'd done feature writing, weekend magazine writing, night reporting. I uh, haven't done any sport, fortunately. Because uh, I just, I think if I, with sport, I enjoy watching it, but I think if I had to um, analyse it, it would just take a lot of the fun out of the event. Sports reporters yeah. are a different breed as well, aren't they? Yeah, they you know, go to f- six games every weekend and don't seem to care about missing you know, people's weddings and other <laughs> functions, and normally on the weekend. Mm. And you're still getting sent beer from breweries? They're still, uh, not, your... not as much as I would like if people are out there listening and want to send me <laughs> stuff. I've actually, I tell breweries, you know, if you send me stuff, I'll review it. Mm. And it really is seriously that easy. Mm. You don't, yeah. And I think it might just be that breweries don't really, aren't media savvy and don't understand how, to, how it operates and how to work with the media. But, uh, yeah, simply they send it. I'll review it. I've even got a can of Duff at the fridge at home that I have to review at some stage. Ah, you have to. (laughs) I asked for it too, so I can't just sort of pike out now. I think a lot of people might not even understand that in a place like Illawarra, that's a whole market that they wouldn't have, a lot of people wouldn't have tapped into before. So just by sending a beer to get that mentioned in that particular market, it could be a really good thing for them. Yeah, the cost of a bit of freight. Yeah, um, and it doesn't. It doesn't have to be the uh, James Squire, a bag of hops in there, or whatever. You know those elaborate things that some of them do. You send a bottle in the post, and um, if you pick your your audience, you'll get probably pretty good results. Uh, if it's a good beer, if it's a terrible beer, then you'll <laughs> get bad results. But hopefully, you think your beer's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they might get the breweries might get switched on now because I just remembered we've got a. Beer festival in August that the Illawarra Brewing Company sort of helped organise. So there's, I think it's 35 breweries are coming to the entertainment centre and setting up stalls, and I think there's going to be live TV chats with brewers. Hmm. So sort of they'll get down there and actually realise that there is a market down here. If they, if they send the beers, people will buy them. Hmm. Is there anything in, the, in New South Wales that people should be looking out for beer wise? Is there things that you're you know, up and coming, the exciting to you? Um, well, I'm always sort of get excited about the whatever the Illawarra guys are brewing because 
it just seems to be they're going through a real purple patch where yeah, I have one of their new beers and it's like, okay, that's my favourite from what they make. And then they bring in another one and go, no, that's my favourite now. And it just keeps going and going. So it's yeah, been a the... pretty good track record, yeah. I don't know if we've seen them down here. Have we seen them? I think on tap occasionally. Oh, really? Um, I don't think I've ever had anything. Yeah, I str- struggle to think of it. And it's, I think, yeah, basically. Because they... they're not part of part of Origin this year, are they? I think they are. Oh, they, are. they might have some at the Rainbow, yeah. Hmm. I must have overlooked that when I was there. Hmm. And they're on, they've got a Gab's beer as well. Okay. I don't think they're in the market stalls anywhere, though. Fair enough. Mm. Keep the ice peeled for them. Mm. Um, anything else that you? Any thoughts on beer or, or Good Beer Week or Gabs or anything? That's... Um, I can say, as a visitor, I can certainly say you guys are very spoilt for the choice and the range of beer that you have. So Gabs isn't always there. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh, even without Gabs, you can sort of go to. Like I'm assuming most of these uh, the bars that are doing pint of origin have those sort of beers normally mm. and then there's the bottle shops that just stock you know crazy beer that just doesn't get seen anywhere else and i think it's good for melbourne people to understand how fortunate you are and basically cherish it and go wow we've got something special here but mm. i think some tend to just think it's normal and expect every other region should be doing the same thing. I think we also have a grass is greener sort of approach as well because when I went to Wellington I was like, you guys are so lucky (laughs) because the CBD is where every single thing is all within walking distance and I've got to go on a tram to get somewhere in Melbourne and it's (laughs) so difficult for us so maybe we should really just take a bit of a stock and realise that we're in a pretty good spot. Put our heads outside the craft beer bubble and see what... uh, I like the bubble. I don't want to go out. Um... And what's your plan for the, the rest of the time you're here? you here for the d- another couple of days? Um, back on, going back on Sunday morning, so today will be the, the last day. So at this stage I've got down maybe a two-row visit mm-hmm. and then the closing party up at Terminus with the AIBA tasting room oh, yep. upstairs. I figured beers that have never been here before. I'll yep. just give that a crack and probably have an early night because I've got to get up at 9 o'clock the next morning to go home. Mm. <laughs> yeah. We'll definitely uh, get the Dan when you go to Turo. I think that's got to be a... If you're it's stopping in... A rite of passage almost. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> the Dan sandwich is delicious. Um, cool. I don't have any, any more questions. No, I think... We, well, no, I'm nearly out of this uh, road and bark, so... I'm well out of mine. I know there's <laughs> a little bit left in the bottle. I might <laughs> sneak a bit of a top up. Um, Maybe we'll come back in a little while with a couple of recommendations. Sounds like a good plan. All right. Welcome back. I thought you were going to say welcome back. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Welcome back, everybody. That's that's more like it. I hope you enjoyed whatever we just played in that little break. Uh, It's probably one of the guitar solos. Well, that's all we really play. Yeah, I know. Um, Someone told me that they didn't like the music. Who cares? And they liked our old music. So... What was the old music? I don't remember it. Oh, that little garage garage band, that little organ solo. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe we won't embarrass them on air, but forget that person. Um, they did recognise me by the sound of my voice. Oh, the same person? Yeah. Okay. So, that was weird. But not, you know... Not unpleasant. Yeah, it's nice, <laughs> it's nice to meet people that enjoy our podcast. Hmm. Thanks for listening, even if you do hate Tohida. Yeah. Someone else then spoke up in defence of the Tohida song. Oh, good. 
Anywho, anyway, yeah. thanks to Toyota for our theme music again. Yeah. Um, some recommendations? Yeah. Do you want to kick it off with a beer recommendation? Yep. Uh, so part of the week, we start of the week, we went to the Park Hotel in Werribee, which is actually a long way from Melbourne. It's the end of the train line, and Werribee has a bit of a, um, not a great reputation as a place to visit. It's got a, a sewerage processing plant. Um, and that's about all anyone seems to know about Werribee. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, the zoo. They've got the zoo. Oh, the zoo, yeah. Yep, the open range zoo, which is not really in Werribee. No. Um, anyway, the Park Hotel, right by the train station. Really good tap list. Always a good tap list. And because they are they're in Werribee, their prices are... Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And you're not paying inner city rent. Um, and we had some tasting paddles of... I do... 450 mil tastes. No, no, no. Okay. I think the way you said that is not clear. Four tasters of 150 yeah, mils. Yeah. 450 Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So 150 mil tasters, four per paddle, yeah. and they're $12, which is. So that's, uh, which that's is more than a pint. Yeah. And that's good for their normal tap list, which is very good. But when we went, it was a Danish invasion, and they just had a whole bunch of. Uh, evil twin Michaela and two old beers that were I mean I think the last paddle I had I had four beers that were 10% alcohol or higher and it was $12 for that <laughs> and they I mean two old Michaela beers evil twin beers they're always really expensive yeah. you know some bars are charging sort of $14 for a small glass when you get 600 mils of those beers but also <laughs> I don't know if they had the whole system figured out properly because you could buy... They had the Goliath Imperial Stout on Nitro, which was fun. Uh, and I, They were only doing short pours of that because it was 10%, even though the 9.9% they were doing full, whatever you <laughs> wanted to do. So, um, But they were doing the short pour of that one for relatively expensive, but you could get it in the paddle and get a pretty much the same pour anyway. <laughs> so, I think it was probably about the same price as the whole paddle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're getting three free beers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You didn't get the nice, say, those giant oversized goblets. Yeah. So you didn't get that, but, you know, you could just ask for an empty glass and pour it into it. And yeah, exactly. There right. you go. Uh, really uh, good food Yeah, food well. is really good too. So. And it's, it is a long way to go. Um, if you sort of, you know, it took you about two hours to get Yeah, I was, I'm in the southeast of, um, of Melbourne, and it took me... Just under two hours to get out to Werribee. So it did want to be bloody good. Yeah, it was, though. Yeah. yeah. Um, Dave, what do you got? Uh, I'll be a recommendation. Uh, I don't know if we're going to see it that much, but I don't care. It's the um, Why Can't I Be You Belgian IPA from Stillwater. Uh, How about that for a name? Great. <laughs> great. Just keeps on giving <sighs> that name. Um, yeah, it's just a pretty much strikes that real good balance that I think any Belgian IPA wants to hit with the sort of estery spicy yeasts not fighting with the hops that are added and that's a good one. So they had that on tap at the Mornington Brewery during the brew day and I think it's been around a couple of other places as well. I think Two Row had it. Yeah, it was at Two Row. Oh, because they had the tap takeover, didn't they? Yeah. Um, yeah, so if you see that around, do yourself a favour. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's packaged. Oh, really? Uh, I don't know. So if it is, then... Might be easy to get your hands mm-hmm. on. Go Google it. Yeah, I reckon. Glenn? Glenn? Yeah, uh, my beer recommendation would be to not drink a beer. That is outstanding advice. That's probably what I should be doing today. Yeah. Yeah. I think especially comes in 
with after post good beer week. Mm-hmm. It's just sort of take a break. Yeah, I think I always try to have a couple of alcohol free days during the week because mm-hmm. uh, just as a matter of balance, because you can't drink it or you could drink beer every day, but you're not end up you're not going to end up in a good state. No, no. I yeah, I try not to drink during the week. Um, so I might have one or two on Sunday and then nothing till Friday. Um, just kind of getting out of the habit of getting home and having a beer, which is dangerous. Yeah, that's cool. That's a, the weekday wagon. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, it's pretty good advice. Yeah, that's a great idea. I can't wait. Um, I was talking to uh, Sam from Eastie Boys last night and he floated the idea. He wanted to pitch to Good Beer Week to have Wednesday, have no events scheduled. So every, it's like a forced, <laughs> a forced day off. And then we sort of all came to the conclusion that if, every, if nobody has clashing events, it would turn into the biggest drinking day <laughs> for anybody because they're not going to shut the venues, obviously, so yeah. it would probably be the opposite of the, intended, um, <laughs> the yeah. intended outcome, I think. Yeah. It's a really good idea until you look past the original. Yeah, I think we have to maybe uh, just take it upon ourselves <laughs> to impose that ban. Could almost call it a good it's... salad day. Yeah, exactly that. right. Or yeah, maybe if people need to exercise restraint. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of us should. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Non-beer stuff. We'll go with you, Glenn, first. What do you got? Um, I'd recommend a, a bookstore. Uh, I think there are a series of bookstores in Melbourne called The Book Grocer. Um, anytime I'm a, as well as a beer geek, I'm a book geek as well. So anytime I come down to Melbourne, I go uh, to to those stores. They're basically a remainders store, but quality ones. So you're not going to go there and find 2,000 copies of Matthew Riley books and nothing else. And you can buy like six books for 50 bucks. They're about 10 bucks each. I think I went down yesterday and bought, I think, nine or ten. So I've added a whole lot of weight into my luggage mm. straight off the bat. <laughs> where, where is the one that you went to? I went to the one in Russell Street. It's okay. just, I uh, think, on the corner where the Burke Street Mall starts. Okay. Cool. Definitely worth checking out. Hmm. I went one ages ago and did a whole bunch of Christmas shopping there. Um, yeah. Maybe and they don't look like you'd buy a book that you'd spend ten bucks on. They look like a quality mm. Hmm. There's no corners cut off them or anything. They look very, very schmick. And you said, I can get Matthew Riley books there if I want? <laughs> you, oh, you probably could. There'd be one somewhere. Maybe it's chocking open a door. <laughs> 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 Leveling an unsteady table. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dave, what do you think about uh, Well, after, so one of the food vendors at Gab's is Huxterburger. And I'm recommending Huxterburger as my non-beer recommendation. People call that hipster burger. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. So here's, yeah. here's my issue with it. It's so good. It's damned. Like yesterday when we had ours, we sort of just both agreed it was a damn delicious burger. And there's, I don't even know the reason for it, maybe just because of its original location. There's a, it's a bit of like unwarranted backlash about Huxley Burger. Yeah, I think uh, mass hysteria. Yeah, I think um, so. Call back an earlier episode plays a part in that where it's a slightly more expensive. And people say, oh, you just get a crappy little bun and you can just go to your fish and chip shop and pay half the price or whatever. But it's a different experience. It really is a different experience. And it's like the tastiest patty. It's You'll never go to a fish and chip shop that equals that's that quality of meat patty there. So, um, yeah, I think people need to just relax. Relax. Yeah. Pay Shut a bit more for a burger. Yeah. It's delicious. Or don't get it. Yeah, just don't. <laughs> Go to your fish and yeah, just don't tell me why other people shouldn't get it. Yeah. I was wondering if the criticism, if the name came before the criticism, the idea of hipster burger just sounds like 
too perfect for it to have <laughs> happened. The hate happened first and then the name. It sounded like the name came and then went, oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's for hipsters. And it's sort of that self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting But it's the army. Have you had one, Glenn? I haven't had one. Oh. I saw them there at uh, Gab's, but I went well, for yeah. pulled pork because like, it's pulled pork. Eight. Fancy Hanks. It's not too far from Turo, um, the original location. So, but you get a Dan, though. Just, uh, <laughs> get a Dan and then a Huckster Burger. Yeah, that's yeah. a big greasy day, yeah. Um, What's your non-beer recommendation? <laughs> mine is... Uh, I'm Emma, our producer knows, and, and probably Dave now knows. Uh, I'm a massive fan of Larry Bird. Um, quite often on a on a weekend, I'll, I'll sit on the couch and watch Larry Bird highlights. Um, so I'm not recommending just watching Larry Bird highlights, although you probably should. Um, but there's a documentary called Courtship of Rivals about him and Magic Johnson, and just their um, rivalry and then friendship throughout the years. And it's really interesting. It goes through sort of Magic Johnson getting um, diagnosed with AIDS and then um, Larry Bird struggling to, to really walk even with his back issues. And they're two completely different people um, and, and sort of how they interacted over the years, which is, uh, even if you're not a sports fan, it's, it's one, of those, one of those great documentaries that I, I think everyone should watch. And it's, um, you can watch it on YouTube. So what else are you doing right now? Yeah, You're probably on the train or something now. Yeah, I think. Wait till you get home. Anything else? No, I think we're done here. Cool. Yep. All right. Thanks so much for yeah, coming Yeah, thanks in. for joining us, Glenn. Uh, thanks for having enjoy me. Enjoy the rest of your visit to Melbourne, and we might see you down um, next year, or maybe we'll see you up in, in your home turf, hopefully. Yeah, we've got a festival in August. You can come up. Great. I'll put a link to that in our show notes so people awesome. can uh, jump on. Cool. Cool. Thanks. All right. See you guys. Yeah.